0: Than then like the freeing feeling I had of for the first time, just being very on display of like exactly who I am, but being okay with it. Like it was just being okay with who I was for the yeah. first time. And like, I was, I was on a journey already to there, but that was like really putting into practice what I'd been doing, you know, and, yeah. and working on and like, can you actually do this? And it was just mm-hmm. the best, the best experience ever. So
1: everybody welcome to the podcast today and welcome to february i know that by the time this airs it'll be a couple weeks into february but we're here in february kelsey was january fast or was it slow for you
2: uh kind of slow kind of mixed feelings yeah mixed feelings there from the gloominess yeah the gloominess.
1: You went through a lot in January and sometimes when we're going through a lot, it either goes so slow
2: or it's a blur. It was definitely a blur still. Blur and (laughs) slow. So both things. I'm really happy that it's a new month. (laughs) Yeah. So the more I have
1: kind of reclaimed myself, stepped into my own energy, the more I've paid attention to the the energy that exists purely because of the cycles of the seasons and the cycles of the earth. And January seems like the type of month that would be the slowest. And I was considering it and I'm like, I think this is actually right instead of annoying. Does that make sense?
2: It does absolutely make sense. I've been paying more and more attention to this as well. And I see it I see it in my life and the energy in it, and then I see it in others. And I think the acceptance of that is really helpful.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say It's like when I just let it be slow and didn't care about the weather or, oh, all of my goals and desires that I want to set out to accomplish in this new year, they've got to start now. I was being taught myself through other mentors. Just have January be slow. Let yourself take time to get your feet under you and really figure out what is my first step this coming year. So I liked that. It felt really good. And I'm going to keep trying to do that, especially not paying attention to the weather and letting it dictate my attitude. Yeah, I love that perspective. The same for me. Okay, so everybody, Kelsey did something new this coming year, and she started this week. Kelsey decided to homeschool. I did. So I want you to talk just a little bit about that. Why did you choose that, and how did your first week go?
2: So it went pretty great. Um, I've been wanting or looking into it for some time now, so I feel like I've been really prepared for it even though different things have shifted in my relationships that affect my schooling for my son. Um, But in the actual doing of it, um, it was really nice because we started at my mom's house up north and I felt really good about it because it's an online curriculum. So part of it's gonna be online and I'm gonna just kind of feed in things just to add quality to helping my son learn and my daughter who's three. So, um, it was great because there's this flexibility that I need, um, based off of where we're at, what our family is needing and we needed to be up North. So I adjusted it and I felt good about it. And then as soon as we got home, I was able to get more in the flow and look at, okay, this is my plan for the full month. And when in the midst of actually teaching my kids, it felt so freaking great. The first, the first day home Bo was excited because it's this new type of learning, and he's he's just, he's excited to explore that and learn in this way. And we were able to just kind of go with the flow of what our bodies need. So we didn't have to hurry and get up really early. We didn't have to do anything other than what we need for us. And it allowed space for him and my daughter, who are both very different To help me cater to them in their unique needs so it was just great and we were happy and i was i texted you and i was like this is so great And i actually i think i texted my mom that and i just we were just having fun and we were being curious and i was able to both help my daughter and my son and go interchangeably helping them with what they were needing where they were at and i was like this is really how, this is, it just felt so good to me. Like, it's like, this was truly in my authentic codes, Malia.
1: Yeah, I am so happy for you because I know how you have wanted this for for a good little bit and you had to go through eh, kind of the mire and the muck to <laughs> achieve this. And so everybody, we're going to like three cheers for Kelsey because she has manifested something in her life that she has been wanting for a while. And again, you you knew what it took for her to get here. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But I want you to share just a little bit. Why did you want to homeschool besides like how the flow, I know that was something important to you. Authentic code. It really just was an alignment. (laughs) There any other reasons.
2: Oh, there's so many. Um, I have been wanting to homeschool for probably since before my ch- my oldest went into kindergarten. And I was trying, I was working on creating a map or a plan so that I could eventually do that for him and for my daughter. Um, because I want them to find their strengths early in life. And I want them to find and know their own authentic codes and how to be in alignment with their true nature. If they're into it, I am going to create an environment for that. <laughs> yeah. And so that has always been a passion of mine. Individuality and and individualizing your learning path based on your uniqueness is so part of my existence. I, I think. In my last in my last career in software development, I would go and study people and I would design based off of those peoples, very unique people, for their um their wants and their needs. But also overviewing really what their wants and needs are. Like they might not know what they actually need, but I would go and study it out in this objective way to see and navigate what would really be the best design for them. So it's it's just like part of one of my strengths is really individualizing for people to help them have a better experience, right? So obviously my heart is in my children and I yeah. want to do that for them. So that's what yeah. homeschool was to me, is to me. And I know it's going to be a growing and changing and shifting thing that we evolve in. Um, It just, for me, it's been also about honoring how beautifully intellectual we are just by being human. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really excited to just help my kids, honestly, for my oldest, help him turn back on. That curiosity that kind of may have been lost a little bit through public school for the past two years, um, and I was became aware of things that, that he has been struggling with in public school that I didn't even know was happening because I wasn't testing him or working with him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But like little anxieties about testing and getting something mm-hmm. wrong yeah. came up really big on one of our first quizzes, and I was sitting there thinking, "Wow." This is really impacting him and neither me or his dad could have known that how yeah. much it was affecting him. But it was he had test anxiety over something really small and um broke into tears about it. And so it's it's that kind of thing that I want to help him heal so he can really like rebuild his self-esteem around it's okay to make mistakes and if we don't understand it, we just work on it. Yes. It's not like you're that. punished or you failed or you're the end of the world has happened because oh, yeah. you I'm didn't
1: disappointed, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or try Just... harder,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I am so proud of you, so excited for you. I know myself; uh, homeschooling became a non-negotiable in my life. Uh, I would do anything except for give that up <laughs> because of the gifts that have Mm. come alongside it so yeah okay you're such an
2: inspiration to me though I want to point that out before you move on and how many years have you been homeschooling uh 14 yes I think that needs to be acknowledged Malia Malia well
1: let's not because that also (laughs) says how old are you (laughs) how wise are you Malia
2: (laughs) okay (laughs) How young I'm, in years.
1: I'm young in years, I'm, but I'm so wise. Experienced. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. Um, I, Like I said, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a blessing for me as well. And off you go on your wonderful, beautiful journey. Thank you. So another question I have for you, Kelsey, today stems from something that has been happening to me the last four days. And it is wigging me out a little bit. So I wanted to ask you if you've ever experienced this. And then I'll, I'll tell you. Have you ever seen some sort of symbolism for a few days in a row or weeks or months? I've only been a few days in a row. And I'm not talking like 11-11 or or numerology, things like that, because I already know you see that a lot. (laughs) So if you have, I'm talking more like animals or patterns or symbols that are repeating in your life and you're like super hyper aware all of a sudden of it being there. And if you have, did you find that like, was there a message for you in all of that? Was there a lesson for you in all of that?
2: Yes, a hundred times yes. This happens to me all the time. Okay. This is, and especially as I've really become aware of how the universe and God speaks to me through these messages. It's just, you know, it just it accentuates. Um, when you asked me this, I was so excited because a creature that I have never really given much energy or thought to came up often. As I've been focusing on this, like, mother energy of my own and deciding about homeschool or when or what in regards to my children, the creature is a hedgehog. Oh,
1: yeah. you were telling me. (laughs) Did I tell you that? Well, you didn't tell me what it symbolized to you. You did say to me, like, the hedgehog. The hedgehog's been coming up a lot.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's been really cool and it was like one day just in little books or a picture or a sticker when I'm randomly in the store or someone I, just super random right yes
1: super random that's what I'm totally looking at here super yes random. this is so random
2: <laughs> yes I'm really excited to hear yours tell but me then. what
1: hedgehog meant for you then did you ever I, I mean I know I know you did I know the answer
2: to this <laughs> dove deep. Oh yeah, topic. I did. So for me, a hedgehog represents intuition and nurturing and caring. It's more of a motherly energy, um, and I I run and kind of added to this definition, but it, it has to do with being motherly and preparing for like the season to take care of. It's more like a divine feminine wisdom. Um, hedgehogs have powerful instincts that can be learned um, just through their connection to what they need for themselves and their little families. Um, they it's Something interesting also that resonated was the hedgehog brings deeply relaxed and caretaking energy. They oh, yeah. <laughs> companionship and intimacy.
1: Oh, yeah. That's you 100% right there.
2: Yes, absolutely. This is me especially since... <gasps> november i think yeah. when it's little hedgehog started popping up was in mid-december um like everywhere I randomly I'm in-
1: remembering now how i teased you and i said oh my gosh time for a hedgehog tattoo <laughs> yes you did <laughs> i forgot that yeah remembering.
2: yeah so that was well, one of- lately
1: some of that sounds like After your own research into the energetics behind the hedgehog, you also were like, well, what is what am I feeling that this means? Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I really like that. I think I advocate for us to also go, go in and figure out for ourselves, what does this mean for me?
2: Yeah, I actually started doing that more instead of going and looking up, what's the spiritual meaning of? I'll think about yeah. what that, like, what that creature, that color, whatever it is, kind of represents, or what they, what actually physically happens for that creature in their little life,
4: mm-hmm.
2: what things they take care of or do or what don't their do.
1: Characteristics are like, yeah, and then yeah. It, then I
2: start to connect my own meaning. Wow, I think yeah. you need
1: to write your own little oracle deck on it, then, huh?
2: That would be. That's cool. Be fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Business idea. Um, Okay, so the reason I asked you this question is because three days ago you sent me, look, I made myself a wallpaper. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's cute. Good job. And I noticed on the wallpaper it was plain. It was completely plain, except for you had two butterflies on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cute. Two little butterflies, right? Whatever. And then... Uh, probably like an hour and a half later, another butterfly came into my life for my son. He was just like, oh, butterfly. And I was like, oh, interesting butterfly. And oh my gosh, the last few days, it's been the randomest thing. Like, they're just randomly in... (laughs) I was on TikTok, and I never get on TikTok unless I'm trying to post for my own stuff. And... I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this guy. He was talking. I was like, I'm interested in what he's saying. And he literally started talking about butterflies and I'm like, shut the front door right now. And this morning, so this morning I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to see them anymore. I just know it because I, last night is when I was like, okay, what does this mean? And you hear my voice when I say that I was really sarcastic in it. (laughs) Um, But this morning I'm not going to see them anymore because I've, I've figured it out or whatever, even though I don't think I have. So my son drew on his hand, he put his hand on his nose and he drew a nose on his hand. And it was the silliest thing so that when he put his hand up on his face, there was this new nose and then he goes, oh, mom, look, it's like a butterfly wings. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> and then I come here to where I podcast and I'm checking in and literally clipped to the computer that they're checking me in on is a butterfly. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I, you have my attention, but I still have to figure this out because, listen, I am not... The type that likes to, I don't know, put a lot of stock into this is what I'm going to say. Especially because when I go to start researching it, there's so many perspectives on what something means. I used to be really into the symbolism, but I think over the last like 10 months or so, I'm like, ah, it's really just more about what you're feeling inside which I think for my own journey, that was perfectly timed. It's what I needed at the time was just to go within and to quit looking without myself. So butterfly symbolism, when I looked it up last night, (laughs) all the random things that are connected to it, I took the ones that were most prevalent throughout everyone's interpretation. And so it's transformation, new beginnings, all that makes sense, right? Like you and I could sit here and be like, what does a butterfly represent? Because they come from their cocoon, they spread their wings, this new beautiful creation. It also represents good luck, growth, and renewal. But anciently, the butterfly was like this symbol of ancestors or souls that are waiting to pass through to the other side and um or or you can communicate to the dead with wow that's really cool so i actually thought that matched what we're looking at what was being said was the meaning for today it's still about transformation death is it's still about new beginnings death um and renewal in my belief system we don't disappear into nothingness when we leave this body. And so it is still all about transformation and new beginnings. So I'm like, okay, cool. Definitely transformation, new beginning. I can absolutely see that in my life, but it's so weird that this butterfly was like, I feel like it's kind of in my face a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> like, you're a little in my face here. What are you trying to tell me? And I actually own an oracle deck that has, um, it's spirit animals. And I was like, I'm going to see if the butterfly is in the deck. And it, of course it was. Butterfly, I think, is very common. And so I read about it and I was like, eh, nothing really resonated. But my favorite number is 11. And I was number 11 when I played volleyball in college. And it's still part of a lot of my passwords (laughs) is the number 11. Guess what number card the butterfly is?
2: 11. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) shut up.
1: You know, (laughs) so I was like, okay this connection with the butterfly is interesting to me because I don't really have an affinity for them because they've always seemed cheesy or too girly yet at the same time when I go to the butterfly museums I really really want one to land on me you know I want to be chosen please land on me (laughs) chosen yes (laughs) yes stand in the butterfly museum arms out you're like come on I'm just my heart is still and pure please land on me (laughs) yes oh I've experienced this yeah right and you like Mm -hmm. you want to you want I don't know this is totally ego for sure but you want everyone else in that museum to look at you and be like oh she just is an animal whisperer (laughs) (laughs) so obviously I I like maybe it wasn't that it was the butterfly but just I just wanted people to look at me like I was cool but um I so I do admire um, with the butterfly. A lot of people admire the butterfly. When you see the butterfly fly by, you're gonna watch it, you're gonna look at its colors and possibly ooh and ah.
4: Butterflies oh, a mystery
1: to them too. And they invoke delight and curiosity. And I decided they're kind of like a cat because they kind of alight and then take off and they won't stay very long. <laughs> You know, like a cat. It's like, True. I'm, hello, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> so I have not come to a real great conclusion why this butterfly wants to be in my face right now, but literally it is. And so here's the thing, Kelsey. I want to make it mean something. I want to know the lesson from it. But as you know, I just did a plant medicine journey and one of my most major lessons in that journey was that not everything's a lesson, you know, but why is it in my face? So I just had to tell you that is what's been happening to me the last few days.
2: I think it's cool and I think I just invite you to hold it in your hands and then we'll let it fly away, and if it comes back, it will land right on your shoulder if it's important. Oh, I like that. <laughs>
1: I mean, it seems like it because, gosh, when your son draws a nose and decides
2: it's a butterfly, <laughs> yeah, you are like, what is, this? <laughs> what is this? I love the the ancestors thing. I mean, you and mm. I have both had that. We've been discussing our ancestors over the past month, so that's true. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's a message from beyond. It might be, and I actually looked up the neuroscience term for this kind of thing and how it happens oh, and why it happens. Yes, I see one thing, or we something's important to us for some reason. It will start popping up more and more and more and more and more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a reason for it, though, like for our souls. So it's like in neuroscience, they've studied that. It's not like this crazy thing, but it's actually for me. I connect the science to the soul. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so that's one way that I—I I don't know. I'm just not discrediting discrediting myself anymore when I have those kinds of experiences because yeah. if it means something to me, then that's great. I used to discredit that's myself true. a lot
1: yeah very true and hey like sure just enjoy the magic yes why not yeah okay thank you that was that was fun and I'm actually out of all the things you said I'm like oh I'm gonna go look up that neuroscience
2: yes (laughs) let's find it let's find it because I I really want it memorized (laughs)
1: yeah that'd be cool Hey guys, let's chat for a second about manifesting. So, manifesting is such a hot word right now. And there are so many people who feel stuck in their lives and we're looking for that secret sauce. We're looking to take control of our lives and feel like we have a say in what's going on. We're really wanting to figure out how to experience what we want to. Kelsey and I, we've both been in this place. We've taken the deep dive into so many of the manifestation teachers and techniques that exist. From being in the vibration, law of attraction, vision boards, the whole shebang. Okay, so we both think those practices have value, but they didn't address the underlying subconscious beliefs that stood in the way of creating this life we truly desired until we found to be magnetic. Guys, to be magnetic or TBM is a unique manifestation process. TBM uses tools like psychology, EMDR, epigenetics, and energetics with a little spirituality sprinkled throughout to reprogram the subconscious and address the limiting beliefs we've picked up during our childhood and throughout our lives And it creates this really beautiful space for us to step into our most whole, worthy, authentic self. And it's from this space that we manifest the life we desire. We manifest what we feel worthy of. Okay, so that makes sense. And TBM totally guides you into that reclamation. Kelly and I, we both joined the TBM Met Pathway membership for different reasons, but to kind of package it all together, We love the at-home therapy aspect. We love the on-demand workshops that address the blocks that are standing in the way of our dream life, like from money and relationships to career and home. We also super love the community support and the language that's used within the program. It gives clarity to the energetics of manifesting. And we actually use a lot of that language here on the reclamation so, if you want to understand what manifesting is all about from a unique perspective that's backed by science, it has a clearly laid out step by step program to follow. Check out 2B Magnetic. You can find them at 2BMagnetic.com. And it's your lucky day. You can receive 15% off your membership price by using our code RECLAIM. That's R E C L A I M. Look at that. You're already manifesting good things. If you're interested, but not quite ready to jump into the membership, check out the TBM podcast called Expanded. There you're going to learn all about the process, hear from industry experts, and walk through the experiences other current Pathway members are having within the process. So many are reclaiming who they are. It's really fun to listen to. Then when you're ready, you can use our code RECLAIM to get 15% off your membership. Okay, so Kelsey and I actually did something different this time for our episode. We went to a full moon women's circle in Hurricane St. George area. In southern Utah. And we wanted to record some of the women who were willing. Just kind of in the environment of it all. Women gathering together is really special. And filled with a lot of positive, uplifting energy. Right now. Uh, as we're all shedding all the layers and rebuilding ourselves. That's really what you find in in like. Circles that are like a new moon, a full moon circle. And so we came to them with uh, some questions and then Kelsey and I will also answer the questions. Here are the questions that we proposed to the women and they could answer all or they could answer one or two. The questions are number one, if you were in a room with everyone you ever met, who would you look for? Number two, if someone gave you a box of everything you have ever lost, what is the first thing you would look for? And number three, if you could relive one day of your life, what day would it be and why? So we had a few women take a stab at these questions and we hope you enjoy their responses.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Your name's Maddie. Yes. (laughs)
1: Okay, Maddie, if you could go back and
0: relive one day, what would it be and why? Okay. Um, My one day I'd relive would be the day that I went to the Orvis Hot Springs. Um, It was my first time experiencing public nudity. (laughs) Um, I grew up LDS and very sheltered physically and like about my body. And I was also like overweight all growing up. And my mom kind of like... She just handled it bad. So I had really bad self-esteem. So I was always just like very covered my whole life. And I got divorced when I was like 27. So I got forced and like went on my journey of just living my own damn life. And I went to Orvis Hot Springs with a friend and we were naked in public and it was like the most freeing experience of my entire life. Um, she like said that people will put on their towel and go to the edge of the pool and then they'll put their towel down. And I was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) So everyone there is typically nude? Yeah. yeah, I think there's one person that was in like shorts, but it's, and you know, when there's a hot springs like that, there's kind of just like an unwritten rule of like, don't be a weirdo. Like don't be inappropriate. If you are like, there's no recording or anything. And what's really cool when you are meeting people at those hot springs, because everybody's naked, it's like the best connection you'll ever have with people. Cause you do not look away from their eyes. Oh, you make, <laughs> you make such good eye contact. <laughs> uh, it's almost there's like an element that you're already naked. Yes. What are you
1: trying to hide? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So you're, like, cool. you're in these like incredibly vulnerable states meeting these strangers and you're, like, making really, really good eye contact with them because I'm not going to look at your nipples. Don't look at my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, soul, soul yes. level because it's eye searching. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, and so yes. that's, like, just that part of meeting people is really cool. But then, like, the freeing feeling I had of, for the first time, just being very on display of, like, exactly who I am. But being okay with it. Like, I'd already I I'd had two kids. And, like, I was, like, hot and doing it. I just was. It was just being okay with who I was for the first time and like Mm -hmm. I was I was on a journey already to there but that was like really putting into practice what I'd been doing you know and and working on and like can you actually do this and it was just Mm -hmm. the best the best experience ever so so you're presented with this opportunity
1: to really step into owning what you've been recovering Mm -hmm. and you owned
0: it yes i laid on the rock like a lizard like in the <laughs> shallow part of the of the hot springs and just it was the best <laughs> she's been addicted to nudity ever, ever since <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically finding any chance i can to sun my genitals <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me for anybody that might
1: feel like nudity mm-hmm. doesn't float their boat yes what are some selling points you have other than some of the words you already said, which were like freeing, uh-huh. which I can imagine mm-hmm. people feel when they're naked, yes,
0: <laughs> or not uh-huh. feel when they're naked. Um, one thing I would say is work on separating nudity from sexuality. Um, nudity does not always mean sexual, and uh-huh. I think that's something that we're really like taught in our society that if there's nudity involved, it's instantly sexual. Yeah. Because, like, that hot springs, like, nobody's being weird. They're all being super appropriate. There's no sexuality involved at all. There's lots of signs about that not being a thing that's appropriate. So it's nudity and sexuality are not always together. Mm-hmm. And so if we can separate that as, like, you can be nude without it being, I feel like so many of us, is like, that's an inappropriate thing, you know? Like, what if somebody saw you? Yeah. I, like, I would just challenge, like, what if somebody saw you? Yeah. Well,
3: how would that shift little boys' perspectives if their
0: mothers were... -hmm. If they saw real bodies.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Being able to separate Mm -hmm. from when they are young, nudity Mm -hmm. from sexuality. Yeah, like and
0: we're one of the body. only cultures that does put it together. Like you go to exactly. all over the country, there's like nude beaches and kids at those be- beaches. You well, know? and around the world as mm. well. Sorry, world's not country. Is, well, that's what I meant. Because our like country does not it. have that. It's like, <laughs> she's been to Florida for sure. <laughs> no, world. Yes, our country yeah. does not have those nude beaches. We need those. Florida does. Oh, I didn't know. That. Okay, I Florida. found out. They have okay. some, California has a few too, but they're really?
3: not like frequented, and they're like. Oh, it's a I, it's still beach, like, shameful.
0: Oh I feel God. like there's still yeah. that yeah. shame. Like still, you're not going to take your kid to a
1: American nude beach. Yeah. Nude. yeah, you know, what's yeah. interesting about Florida is it's such a melting pot of other yeah. cultures. So perhaps that's, that's why, why. Yeah. Yeah. especially.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just I don't know. Being naked and being okay being naked is very freeing. So I did like I was telling you guys I was I did a retreat and we all ended up jumping in the pool topless and not in a sexual way again like i just couldn't get my jumper wet and the one bra i had and so i was like i'm just gonna take my clothes off and they're like me too and so we did and that was everybody's like favorite and a lot of them were raised very similar and they're like i can't believe i do i'm doing this nobody luck. and that was just like this really fun and everybody kept like i was super pregnant also so i had like pregnancy areolas so it wasn't yeah. like it was, <laughs> it wasn't like like it was the areola. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking
5: about. Oh, it's straight, like I can see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's
3: automatically like, no! Yeah.
0: <laughs> but just being able to, like, have those times to just be free. And then, like, so not even with people, but if you just have a chance to be naked on your own, my very favorite part being naked in nature is like, that's the time I feel very closest to my creator. I. Feel the sun. So I, my, my son has done it with me and he calls it our tanning, you know, we go, we go tanning when we're out in nature. So, and I tell him like, just take a second and just feel the sun on your body. Like feel it's warming up your body. You can feel your skin heating up and then you're getting kind of hot and this breeze comes by and cools you off. Like, how is that not created for you right now? Like, how is there not somebody that's giving you this amazing gift of keeping your body temperature regulated? That's so cool. And clothes get in the way.
3: Or cradling you like a Mm -hmm. baby, like the earth. Yeah. Keeping you warm.
0: Yep and like laying I I love like laying so I I put a blanket down but then I like look at like the tiny life of like that's happening right because it's in the mountains where I go and -hmm. so there's like little bugs and tiny tiny plants you didn't realize there's a whole layer of tiny plants under big plants and so if you lay there and look really close there's all these tiny it's just like amazing that we have all these things for us to just like look at that are pretty or feel good you know
1: yeah Um, I love that yeah thank thank you for sharing that that's such a cool day Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
5: you're
1: good. Okay. Okay, Azalea, same question for you. If you could go back to one day and relive it, what day would it be and tell us why?
3: Okay, so mine is similar to Maddie's in that it's when I got naked with some people. But it was the first time and it was... um, kind of a different experience than hers I think it was super healing to like the issues I have with connecting with women and trusting women like I always was the one with guy friends and I didn't I had like one or two best girlfriends who are my best friends but I always hung out with guys and I never liked being around girls it felt super unsafe like always judgmental and vicious and backstabby and gossipy and telling lies behind your back. Like I never felt safe with a group of women and that, and specifically a group to like show up and there's a bunch of girls. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) Which is ironic that now I host. (laughs) Yeah. It was actually with Kimber that you guys just met. And that was the first time I hung out with her and met a bunch of other girls. So it was girls I didn't know, but it was the first group of girls that I had been with that it felt like, oh, I'm safe here with these women. Mm -hmm. It was like, I felt safe with women. Mm -hmm. And then we went swimming in this cool spot. And then we all took a picture. (laughs) Uh. From the back. (laughs) Uh With our shirts off. It was like such a secluded spot. Like no one else was there, but it was like healing to me. Healing to what you would maybe want to call the sister wound. Like, Obviously not all the way healed, but it was, it sparked something that was like, you know what, maybe mm-hmm. girls can be on my side for once, uh, feel yeah. like, you know, women mm-hmm. back you up instead of always just feeling like men are who you'd rather be with, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah. kind of that. a different story, but <clears throat> I love it.
1: Yeah, with Kelsey and I did an episode on the witch wound, mm-hmm. and it goes into the history of the sister wound and kind of why that's there, and you know, women to save their own lives had to give up other women, right? And it, it was utter betrayal that we did to each other. Survival,
3: yeah. yes. And as yeah, we as the, we
1: would, you yeah. know, yeah. And I think that oh, there's a lot that are reclaiming that. In themselves, Mm -hmm. I totally resonated with what you said. Mm -hmm. It's like the guys are my friends, Mm -hmm. and I'm also. Girls are sneaky,
3: girls are dangerous. Keep them away with the 10 foot pole. Like, you can kind of associate, but like, no one wants to get in with witches. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the element of
1: nakedness is still like just with Maddie. This is totally for me right now, but. it's the exposure and the vulnerability mm-hmm. you're there you're naked you're not hiding anything and with women i, I don't know for you but for me mm-hmm. it's like there's that element of who are you really mm-hmm. and can i can i trust who you're presenting to be because mm-hmm. we do wear a
5: lot of masks
3: oh yeah and to feel like okay walking away knowing no one's gonna be like oh my gosh did you see the you know
4: and yeah. just have
3: and feel it it was like an energetic knowing no nothing was wrong you
1: know complete no acceptance was
5: gonna say, yeah oh it's so like at peace yeah so yeah well can i just add to that i feel like that's why i'm drawn to these types of gatherings because it's like anyone you talk to that's into i don't know more natural type things is so open to share about it and like Mm -hmm. I don't know any other situation that I've been in it's kind of like well you have to be part of this club or like you don't do this so you can't be a part of our group but this is like anybody is welcome and it just just feels very welcoming and I just Mm -hmm. I love that about just the people that I've met through these types of gatherings Mm -hmm. same
2: absolutely so thank you for hosting this, it's where the healing happens yeah <laughs> yes definitely
1: okay so this is abby and she's going to answer the question if you were in a room with everyone you ever met who would be
5: the one you would look for so i love this question because my mind kind of goes to like my past of like okay, I've met some pretty cool people, and then immediately it goes to my husband. Like, he is my person. And um, then as I'm thinking about, like, of course it would be him, then I started to kind of feel guilty that I didn't choose my parents or, like, my mom or my dad. Um, but I think after that train of thought, I would still stay with choosing my husband. Um, because I chose him and like all the other people that maybe I was thinking of, they kind of came into my life and they have left my life or not, but my husband, like I'm choosing to stay with him and he's choosing to stay with me. Um,
1: actually think that's so tender and beautiful because Kelsey and I were discussing this question it could be, it could go really wide, like you did. You're like right. this person, that person. But you enter the room and you're going to say, I choose you again. Mm. Like, out of all the people, oh, I'm getting so teary.
4: <laughs> out of all the
1: people, <laughs> I choose you again. Out of all the people. It is. It's so really, really
3: romantic. <laughs> well, and bringing cycles into that. The cyclicality that we're presented with as women to re-decide and choose or get rid of mm. in our cycle, right? Every time we're hitting that, you know, luteal phase right before bleeds coming and feelings and emotions are running high and we're like, we're going to burn it all. <laughs> yeah, you <I> know. <laughs> and then it's like, what really... Am I gonna choose again and again? And then, I think a good question to ask also, just off a different note, is Abby, like, who do you think your mom would first look for? Who do you hmm. think your dad would? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. totally. Because they chose each other too, and right. they created you together. Like, so I don't know if there should be any, you know, any element of guilt in that because no. probably they. I think it's
4: also same. like the growing up. You grow up and right. you leaving your parents to choose your family and that's mm-hmm. who you chose to do your family with. Cuz that's mm-hmm. that was my answer too. Yeah. That was my first person. like yeah. my husband, he's my person. That's who, any room I go into, that's who I'm going to look to cuz he's my safe person. Yeah. Right.
1: I like this question mm-hmm. cuz like there's no wrong answer right. and it really I think tells you kind of where you're at with things, you know? Mm-hmm. So Thank you for answering (laughs) this. It brought uh, up a lot more than I expected, but as it does. Tell me your name again. Joanna. Joanna. So this is Joanna. Okay, Joanna. If someone gave you a box of everything you've ever lost, what would you look for?
4: The first thing that came to mind was when I was eight, I had some older neighbors older couple in my neighborhood who were kind of like second grandparents to me and when i turned eight they gave me a little bunny vase with a plant in it and it was because i was my eighth birthday was significant because i was getting baptized into the church of jesus christ of Latter-day saints which i am no longer a member of and so i'm not sure why i lost it like a long time ago but i feel like maybe it's like it represents this it was an important part of my childhood that i have since moved on from but it's just kind of like it feels like it kind of encapsulates that part of my life somehow and I don't know I always wonder what happened to it it's just one of those random things that disappeared and I don't never know what happened to it
1: so the people who gave it to you that was significant Mm -hmm. you said your second parents right
4: second grandparents yeah
1: second grandparents yeah oh very cool and then you said it had bunnies on it
4: it was it was a shape of a bunny it
1: was was a a shape of a bunny so Where'd you display this? In your room? It was on my nightstand. Oh, you saw it often. Mm -hmm. Often. So maybe it is a part of your childhood that you're like wanting to touch back with.
4: Yeah.
3: That's really cool. I love that. (laughs) Cute little vase. (laughs) I think like it's interesting that you want that because I've been thinking a lot about having to rediscover how to be childlike. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, I think I need to relearn how to play this year, or, you know, something like that. And if you
2: think of what a bunny represents in the springtime, bunnies are like the representation of the newness. Yeah, rebirth. You know, the fun, the Mm -hmm. warm, the sun's coming out, the green's coming, the babies are born, it's the Mm -hmm. rebirth, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that resonates, or... Yeah,
4: it's like a new season.
2: So now that we've walked through their answers, Malia, I want to hear some of your responses. I want to give them. (laughs) Okay. Let's start with the first one. If you were in a room with everyone you ever met, who would you look for? So this question
1: was tricky. And when I was answering it, I'll tell you that I tried to not answer what I'm going to answer I tried to make it a different answer, but it felt really inauthentic. Part of me wanted it to be so much more deep. And the other part of me wanted it to not be so shallow. (laughs) Wait, yes, that's saying the same thing. So I would look for my high school boyfriend. Isn't that funny? Maybe you know why I wanted to change my answer now. But I did. I wanted to change it. So, of course, I was like, why would I look for him? And there is an element to closure that I would like to have, just a small element, because we were a good pair. And I believe that I could have partnered with him through my life, and it would have been good. And we ended kind of on a downer. I don't know when you don't, but we definitely did because, um, my husband came into my life. <laughs> so that was kind of a lot of heartbreak for him. I didn't have heartbreak at all. Cause I had someone that had stolen my heart basically. And is a better match for me. The other thing I was like, okay, so I don't need a lot of closure. Maybe I think that all I want is I cared for him and I want to know that he's happy I would like for him to be happy so that's why I'd look for him
2: very cool tell me about yours I was gonna ask you if that was the first person and the only person or if there was any other people that came in to your thoughts there were other people yeah okay
1: yeah. I mean, I could expand upon it, but it'll be really long.
2: <laughs> True. So I was similar. Um, At first when I thought about it, I thought about my high school boyfriend. Oh. And then I quickly actually decided he represented a connection that I have to my spirit guide. Okay. And, And then as I just sat with that for a second. I really just wanted to be, I wanted to be in the energy of my spirit guides. So it's through the veil. They're not actually here physically with me, but those are the ones I would look for. And in this present moment, I think it's cool. It kind of tells us about our, our perspective of time and the present. Yeah. Because the people that I would have loved to, instantly go to five years ago are different than they are now and now it's just my spiritual connection to source
1: yeah sure
2: which for me also when i look back at my high school boyfriend it did have to do a little bit with closure like a smidge
3: Mm -hmm.
2: but sometimes he pops up in my dreams and in those dreams he actually represents my guide giving me a message
1: yeah that's cool
2: yeah and um and my other guide is someone who passed away in my life. Yeah. And had
1: met her before.
2: Yes. Yeah. She passed away when I was six, but I was very, very tied to her. And once she left it was a big deal. And I think that's how it worked out that way for us so we could be disconnected again and she could guide me and I could feel her very instantly. Yeah. Um now. So that is um, so
1: cool. I and I, like, that's what I was trying to make mine be.
2: Because <laughs> mm. that's so
1: beautiful.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. It is It is pretty beautiful. The next people that I did think of after, though, is once I was imagining myself physically in this room, right? I just wanted my kids by me. I just oh, wanted yeah. my kids by me. And then I wanted to be able to talk to my best friends and my guides. Yeah. So it's interesting because I didn't really care to be in with all these other people. <laughs> I just wanted my kids right here by me.
1: <laughs> that makes sense to me in who you are actually, Kelsey. Uh, we One of the first things we told each other about ourselves was, are you an extrovert or are you an introvert? And you're, you're an introvert. And so, and also working on Not taking on everyone's energy all the time. So it makes complete sense to me. You'd want to have those who you feel safe around and then the particular people you're looking for. And my space was filled to capacity with people and just all kinds of faces that I didn't know and recognize, but it was filled to, filled to capacity. So that's (laughs) cool how, how it just always shows us parts of our authenticity when we just do these fun little exercises, these little imaginations.
2: For sure. I it is so cool. And I was reflecting on this and I think it represents our relationship to ourself too in this present we, moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The people that we want to be with actually is a representation of ourself.
1: Yeah. It's a mirror.
2: Yeah. I was going to say that this tells us about ourselves and our health of self.
1: Yeah, you'd have to explain that to me, what you mean.
2: Right. The health of self kind of like you saw that you needed a little closure, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And for me, maybe a little teeny bit of closure, but more just like I just need to keep tuning into my guides. Yeah. So,
1: But what you're saying is this could very easily become something a therapist could use in an activity to kind of show our conscious what our subconscious is doing, where we're at with things. Mm -hmm. That's very curious to me now. I'm wondering why why I need the kind of closure that I need and I can't just
2: Well, if you were going to say one aspect of him that you miss the most, what is it? <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Maybe there's an aspect that it, he represents my youth
2: hmm.
1: and and the just the fun and the play that exists there. <laughs> There's the other thing was like, he dressed really well. (laughs) That's so (laughs) shallow. (laughs) No, Why am I wanting that? I don't care. But honestly, too, I know that I've been shifting in my wardrobe. And then I've also been very encouraged. Also another thing in my face. And maybe that's a butterfly thing is just this childlike innocence that I need to have more fun because fun is part of my authenticity and I have, I need to bring that back again. And so maybe that's why, Kelsey, this is so cool. This is very interesting. Of course, we've taken it deeper than it was intended. <laughs> yes. Totally.
2: Therapy, psych- psychological thing, evaluation. Yeah. So our next question, let's answer it. If if you were given a box of all the things you've ever lost, what would you look for? It took me a little
1: bit to remember the things I had lost, but for sure I would look for Ruby's baby pictures. Ruby is my fourth. I got a brand new Canon camera and my sister was dabbling in photography and so We took all these baby pictures in an orchard, in my house, all on that camera, and I lost the SD card. I have no pictures of Ruby as a baby aside from whatever I took on my phone and put in like on Instagram because I also don't have that phone anymore and I don't have the, it's just, I lost, I feel like a good six months of her life through pictures, so. That's what I would look for. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: That That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me about yours. So, mine surprised me. (laughs) So, I would look for my phones I lost in high school and count them, laugh, (laughs) and cry over that phase of my life. This is
0: hilarious.
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hey, and then I would herself.
2: I would connect to my mom about it and we would laugh together. Um, so I was utterly exhausted in high school and middle school. Um I was struggling with narcolepsy and cataplexy, not knowing that I had it. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so something they list off as symptoms of narcolepsy is losing things frequently. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When I saw that and I, when I first was diagnosed, not until I was 22 or 23, I instantly sent that screenshot to my mom. <laughs> I was like, mom, this explains my life.
1: Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the phone. So this is hilarious. Now I'm thinking of I'm a mother, and I'm thinking of my child, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you lost your phone again. Yes, it was sensitive
2: because I felt – I would always feel really awful, but it felt like I had no control over it because I – my body was just exhausted. And for those who don't know about narcolepsy, I had a severe, severe Kind. And, um, it's like a normal person not having sleep for three days every day. Yeah. And that's what it was like. But at hindsight, I know, and I I'm grateful for it because I actually developed some freaking awesome traits, like skills because of that exhaustion. But it was like almost like this heavy blanket on me all the time. So it's part of why I think I have good willpower in different aspects of my mind Cause I kind of can just cut right through things and be more efficient with things. Yeah. You
1: don't have time to do things that don't need to be done because you're tired. Exactly.
2: Okay. Yeah. So it, it it helped me. It was, it's also, it's a gift in other spiritual ways that I don't need to go into right now. But, um, there's a part of me, I think when I was reflecting on this phones, that is just a little bit grieving for my teenage self. Yeah, totally.
1: Yes, totally.
2: um, Let's see, like, I still have dreams sometimes where I am in the middle of a test and I'm a little embarrassed because I am going way slower than everybody or I fell asleep and I'm left alone and these kinds of little little instances happened throughout high school and middle school and I got made fun of a lot for how tired I was and I would just laugh, like, laugh it off, haha, I'm tired, we all know that. Yeah. But there's this you know it was <laughs> it was really challenging <laughs> and I'm sure so we didn't
1: want to be tired no yeah, yeah so we didn't want to and when anytime I, anybody points something out about us that we don't actually want you know it digs it digs
2: it does for sure and i'm super sensitive to sleep and watching people be tired obviously um because we don't actually know what their body and mind is going through but yeah um, it's cool though, because when I got diagnosed and I got medication at the time, cause that's what I needed to be able to understand what it felt like to be balanced. Yeah. It was like, the world is beautiful and I could do all this stuff. And it was literally like, I came to life yeah. for the first time. And then once I knew what that felt like, then I could learn how to do that without medication and I did all this emotional healing, energetic healing, and now I don't need medication anymore. But um, it's like when my life started.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're going back to those phones and that time because that was a time that was a dark, dark space for you. It
2: was. It was and dark. Kind of- but I was also, when I was awake, and there's aspects of me that were really aligned to my authentic code in high school. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> my phones.
1: Yeah, that's so funny.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Malia, if you could relive one day of your life, what day would it be and why? This one was my
1: hardest one because <laughs> I I have FOMO which if you don't know what FOMO stands for, it's fear of missing out. I am probably first in line almost of one of those people fear of missing out <laughs> because if there's a time to be had, I want to have it. I don't care if the time is fun or if it's just like, we're going to cry or we're going to laugh or we're going to be angry in a rage room or whatever. We're going to sweat. If there's a time to be had, I want to have it. So I was like, do I want to go to a time where I had so much fun? Or do I want to experience a life-changing moment again? Um, Do I want to fix a mistake? You know, and honestly, the runner-up, I'm going to tell you the runner-up. When my husband proposed to me, I had such a hard time. I was really young. I was 19 when I got proposed to. Okay. And my daughter's almost 19 and I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) I was not old enough to get married, but, um, I was so uncomfortable in situations where maybe I was in the spotlight and people were looking at me that I needed to, in order to ease that discomfort, I would crack jokes or be a comedian, the clown, you know, so when my husband's proposing to me, I got so awkward. I wrecked the proposal because I turned into this sarcastic idiot. <laughs> I wrecked it. And for years and years, I've said to him, any day, anytime you want to repropose to me, I <laughs> will be a good girl. <laughs> and I will, cause he had this speech plan and all these beautiful things. He didn't say any of it. Cause I was a freaking idiot. So, and he said, he's always been like, no, no, you had your chance. You had your chance. And this is something really fun I'm going to say here, because I know my husband doesn't listen to this podcast. This year I've been married 20 years. And when we got married, uh, um, we were married under a certain set of rules and guidelines. uh, As we were both part of the LDS church, we got married in the temple and we had kind of, this idea about our life and marriage that existed then. And it is very different now. We don't adhere to those ideas anymore. And we have from our heart and soul developed our own. I'm going to propose to him. Oh Because uh, it's God. our 20th. And i think yes. like, would you still marry me? <laughs> oh. And would you, will you, will you, be married to me still under this different way that we're moving through life. Isn't oh, that yay. so
2: romantic of me? That is so romantic. And if you need any <laughs> help or support in any of that, let me know.
1: I know. I'm like, I don't know how this will look. I have all these like dream visions. We'll just see how it falls together. Cause I really would love my children to be a part of it.
3: Yeah. My children
1: are all old enough to understand. And I wanted to be an example to them of, your life, as you change and grow, which I hope you do, please, please change and grow, so will all your relationships. And if you can change and grow with a partner and make it better and better and better as you're going, like that is something to celebrate. And so come, my children, let's celebrate this marriage that's going to be founded these next two years on different principles than it was founded on in the first 20 years. You oh, know? I
2: love that, Malia. Cool, huh? Yeah, when is your time frame?
1: Oh, well, our anniversary is in May. Okay. But I have no idea. It's just this year. I'm giving us this year. (laughs) So I'm just waiting for it to just come to me. Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm very nervous to propose to my husband that I've been married to for 20 years. (laughs) That is so freaking cute. And I I am afraid that, Mostly I'm afraid I'm going to be a freaking idiot again. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Awkward
4: situation. Am I might cry. I might cry.
2: Oh, I think you'll do just fine. I think it will be lovely. Even if you are awkward and say, cut some jokes or something. Well, we'll keep everyone
1: updated for sure. And if anyone has advice or also they know someone that's done this. I got this idea from somebody else for sure. It's not my own thinking, but, um, yeah, bring it my way. So let me tell you about the actual thing I wanted to relive. And this is crazy, but I could relive the birth of my son again. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. What woman says that? But um, so I chose to have my last four children at home for a variety of reasons. So the son I'm talking about is that fourth of four, my last child. I felt like I had labor down. I understood my body. I understood what I was doing, the work that was happening in each stage that it was happening. I had Massive amounts of support in uh, a team of midwives. My husband is a rock star in in the labor process, in the delivery process, in the postpartum process. I don't want to do anything besides the labor and delivery. No postpartum, (laughs) no pregnancy. Let's just have the one day that I was in labor and delivered and he came out right with the water sack. And so that's actually pretty rare in labor. Um, The water sack was bulging with his head following right behind it. And literally the midwives were watching with these sheet pans covering their faces because they were ready for that water (laughs) sack to go. And And then he was just delivered. And when you can deliver right before the water sack breaks, your whole labor is cushioned by that water. And so it made everything a lot more manageable, even though it was still like a hell in itself. But Kelsey, like that feeling that comes when your baby comes out of your body and you just did that, you just did that. For me, it's like 13 hours of work. There's nothing. There's nothing like it. I don't know. I think I'm desiring to relive just this freaking rock stardom of, of delivering a child. Yeah. And what your body does in that moment of delivery, you cannot share or explain to anybody else unless they've been through it too. Mm -hmm. And so
2: that is
1: the moment (laughs) that I'm choosing to relive
2: that's really neat yeah I considered that for a split second with my daughter yeah because I had the drastic difference of having my first one bow in hospital the epidural and then horrible recovery emotionally I was not well <laughs> and then the flip total flip side of my daughter and it was like magical and really seeing how our bodies are. Like, they're just made for this. And it was like, it was a reclamation in itself to have her. And so I totally feel you with, with wanting, like looking at that and fe- wanting to feel that again. Yeah. Cause it's so beautiful in your connection to your child and just seeing them come into this world and like providing that for them that they could Is something you can, it's, it's so hard to even explain, even to other mothers, because often other mothers never had that experience. They just were at the hospital and they had an epidural and never felt it. Yeah. But there's something about it.
4: Yeah,
2: And that's
1: like, I think, you know, have your baby the way that feels good to you. Yes. Comfortable and lovely to you. For sure. Tell me about yours. (laughs) I don't have a day that I would relive. Ooh. I yeah. like this. Tell you've just given permission to everybody who was going to play this game
2: to not have an answer. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I just really love being alive in this moment and so much so that even going back and looking at my happiest moments, it's like, I, it was great, but I love being present in this moment more than I ever, yeah. ever did. And I and um, excited for the future, but mostly really just present. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in my past big, strong times where I learned and I g- transformed and I went through things. I don't really want to relive them. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, yeah. I just don't have an answer other than right now. No, I think that is your answer, <laughs>
1: I think that is your answer, and it is a wonderful answer. It's great. Thank you. It's great. It's it a <laughs> different type of perspective to a, the whole game. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And also, if you want to answer these questions and play this with the people that you love or are curious about, do it and share your answers with us. We are. Very curious all the time. Before we sign off, Kelsey wanted to show me
2: something that she had done for me. Okay, so before we started our chat, I decided to pour an oracle card for each of us. And it's from one of my favorite decks. It's called Fearless, Fight Like a Girl. And it's got really beautiful uh, yeah, it looks really pretty. Images. Yeah. And so for Malia, I pulled this card. It's called, oh my gosh, you're going to freak out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do not tell me it's a butterfly. <laughs> it's called the Balance Fight. But guess what the number of the card is?
1: Is it 11? Yes. Wow.
2: Can you oh, see my her? Goodness. So cool. So, okay, okay. describe what she looks like for those who can't see. Um, she's wearing a dark navy blue dress, and she's holding on her pinky, like midair, a a huge um sword. Yeah. Like balancing it on her finger.
1: Yeah, and isn't she in sort of a stance and a, a stride?
2: Yeah. A really like strong grounded stride and she's got a crown around her head um it's very like dark and lovely looking but let me read it to you every day all your life long the world will grab you by the sleeve and try to steer you into the molestrum of its concerns look this way this is important pay attention over here until you tip too far into distraction or empathy or sensory overload It is up to you to guard your boundaries and protect your sovereign space. Now is the time to balance compassion with accountability, empathy with boundaries, self-care with other care. Your most precious resources are your time and energy. Don't let them bleed out. Sharpen your no skills so that your yes has more power. Bring yourself back into balance by creating the space and time your soul needs to thrive.
1: Yeah, I miss his distraction for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, thank you, Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Am I being distracted by the butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tell me what you pulled for yourself. Okay, so I pulled the raging fight. Oh, interesting. Is it all fight? Everything in the deck is fight? Yes.
2: Okay. So there's a woman who represents this fight they are in, and then it describes. Let's Let me see your show picture. you her picture.
1: Yeah.
2: Can you see her?
1: Oh, wow. It's like uh, a nightmare.
2: Yeah. You know? But she's you know like, what I mean? it's like a nightmare, but she's like this beautiful, mystical, powerful Okay, feminine character in it the
1: Rings, when Galadriel is like being really tempted by the ring and she goes oh all ragey and then she calms down that's what it reminds me of
2: oh, okay yes yes for sure and she's got this really beautiful white light connecting to her body so mm-hmm. it's white light coming into her body and then there's darkness around her body mm-hmm. but I think that's that means something to me So, rage gets a bad rep, especially female rage, but it can be a girl's best friend. Rage can purify, stir up the winds of change, and shift landscapes, both internal and external. Quiet or loud, a wild howl or a growing hum. Anger is powerful, is both purposeful and natural. Stop bottling it it and shoving it away in order to be pleasing. Instead, center yourself and gather your rage. Rather than shriek into the wind where your passion can be swallowed, find solid ground. Settle into a position of power. Become the eye of the storm. Use your authority to cry out your claim. Pour your rage into creativity, advocacy, and commitment.
1: Very cool. Very spot on, too.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Super spot on for me. I've been literally having a burning sensation that I used to feel in high school in my um, abdomen. Mm-hmm. And I know it's my sacred rage. <laughs>
1: yeah, baby.
2: We are let
1: it burn. Letting it burn. Uh, The fire is a destroyer. It's a destroyer. And typically if we don't rage out, you know, you know, this is all the bitch energy that we've talked about, you mm-hmm. not rage out and we let it bottle up. It'll explode and will create such damage.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So, and while, while you're bottling it, it's damaging you. So very cool. And maybe either of these fun messages were helpful to any of our listeners. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.
3: Bye.